Uh oh, I think we're in the building. Are we in the building today? Oh, let's go. Let's go. Come on. It's the Black Women Win Series. Let's go, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another edition, another installment, a new episode of the Black Men Win Podcast, our Black Women Win Series. You feel what I'm saying? In, um, in celebration of Women's History Month, listen, <sighs> three episodes in the can of our series, and we have been going crazy. I, I, first of all, I want to thank everybody so far for tapping in, checking in um, with all the episodes that we have had so far and past episodes, too. I've been getting some very um, great feedback on um on the episode so thank you so much thank you so much so much thank you to the all the guests that have come on and um y'all know how we do it before we even get into everything listen we do have a scholarship you feel what i'm saying for all my young black men out here please we would love for you to apply for this scholarship those who are literally getting out of high school so all my high school seniors you know what I'm saying? Getting out of high school to either go to college and university or a trade school, whether you want to, whichever path you want to do to further your education, please apply for this scholarship. The QR code is at the bottom, right? And we'll have it up for the first 15 minutes in the show. And if you would like, the link will be in the description below. All right. Thank you. Listen, I have, I will call her more than a pod homie. She's like my pod mother, right? She's she's more than a friend. You understand what I'm saying? And we'll get into the nuances of all of that. Um, consultant, um, podcast producer, host, and event coordinator and host, ladies and gentlemen, mental health advocate and 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 creator, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. For the one and only, the lovely Miss Latrice Simpson Richard. Hi. <laughs> that was a great intro. I feel like I got a lot to live up to, you know? <laughs> the only thing I'll say, though, I, I am an advocate of mental health, but I am a mental health professional. I'm yes. actually a licensed clinician. Co- Licensed in the states of Louisiana and Florida for the last 12 years. (laughs) I'm so excited to for this episode Um, for me to for me. This goes way beyond podcasting. Um, I've been listening to you for a while and um, to have this interview and to kind of pick your brain in these kind of next 30 to an hour is very exciting for me. Uh, because you are more than, again, what I said, just more than a creative. You are a professional, licensed professional who I see as somebody who continues to give so much advice and feedback within the space of mental health through the avenues of podcasting that I'm just like, I have to pick her brain because mental health is so taboo and mm-hmm. it is so nuanced within our community that I love conversations around that. And so, first of all, Miss Latrice, please introduce yourself to the people before I get off in my little tangent about you and everything like that. Please introduce yourself to the people. 
Well, hi, everybody. My name is Latrice Sampson Richards. I am a mental and emotional wellness creative. Um, I'm a therapist by trade, like I said, licensed in the states of Louisiana and Florida for about the last, well, Louisiana for 12 years and Florida for going on three years. Um, I am a podcaster, a podcast producer. Um, in the words of my homie and client uh, or podcasting client, Lisa Woolfork, I'm a community ass bitch. Okay. Um, I'm down for the community. I fucks with the community um, and I do whatever I can to try to uplift the community and, and help the community heal. So that's who I am. That's who I is. That's what I do. <laughs> I can't hear you, Ty. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I done turned my mic down. Come back to me. Come back to me. We back. We back. I'm sorry. I turned my thing down. Lord have mercy. Listen, the first time, the very first time, I got a story. The very first time I met Latrice. I've known Latrice for about maybe two, three years. Right? Probably since 2019, 2020, pandemic-ish, maybe. Maybe a little bit before. The yeah. first time I actually met Latrice was this past, last year at the Afros and Audios conference. Now, this is how I knew. This is how <laughs> I knew she, this is why I call her the our mother of podcasting. And I think for those who are in our community, yeah. who know us and know the communities we belong to, they understand mm. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Latrice, my... I've told this story before. <laughs> the, the the podcast festival was in Philly, right? And mm-hmm. I I I ate a bad Philly cheesesteak from a well-known, <laughs> you know, cheesesteak place in Philly, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody told me not to go there, but it's late and I'm and I'm lit and I'm coming back from the after party and I eat it and that that next Saturday the entire day I couldn't go to the festival. Why? Because I'm throwing up. I'm looking crazy, right? But I try to make it to the last, you know, kind of few hours of the event. Mm. My hair looks nuts. <laughs> okay. I my you had my, you had, had a rough night. Oh you had a Oh <laughs> my God. Latrice looked at my hair. She said, What I said, I I I held her hand. I said, Latrice, please. I have to go up on this stage tomorrow. <laughs> Police, can you do something to my? She said, "I got you. I got you. Don't worry about it." So when y'all see, when y'all look at the replays of me and my panel on stage, the hair that looks so tight is is Mama Latrice, man. <laughs> it was Mama Latrice, man. She saved me. Listen, I mean, you know, it it was a situation and I knew you, I could see on your face you had been through something, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, I'm not finna let my friend go out looking like that, you know, and, and it takes a lot to ask for help. So for, for you to say, can you help me please? I was like, I got you. I got you. Cause I knew it took a lot to ask. Cause I was just like, okay, first of all, I don't have a lot of money right now to even get this done. (laughs) <laughs> in the amount of time that I need to get this done. So I was like, who do I feel like I mm. can trust with my hair at this <laughs> at this time? And I'm looking around scanning. Who got locks? Who got locks? Who am I seeing the trees? I was like, Latrice! 
And you know, I braided hair in college when I was right. an undergrad. I braided hair, um, and that was in the like the the early two thousands. Mm. You know, two thousand to two thousand four when wow. I was an undergrad, and everybody had braids. That was during the Jaru, <laughs> you know, time. So <laughs> yes, everybody man. had braids. So I made my money braiding hair in college. I don't do it so much because these knuckles don't move like they used to. You know, hey, but, listen, well they they yeah. they held my hair down, and honestly. They held my hair down for at least like two weeks after that, so it was really. It did. I didn't. I didn't have to take it out for another like week or two. It was great, and I was just like, I, I, and and I say that story to say like, yo, in that moment, I, I felt Latrice as a giver in that mm. moment. You understand what I'm saying? To me, I've always felt again, Latrice was more than just a podcaster, more than just a creative, right? Because a lot of podcasters and creatives come from other industries right Mm -hmm. and so for me to learn more about her you know even during that conference you know even just in that moment I was just like I gotta have her on the show and so what my first question for you is what made you want to go into the mental health therapy field what 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 was it for you that clicked in your head and said you know what there is a lack of representation for us. Mm. Um, there's not, first of all, there's not enough black therapists. Then there's not enough of us going to therapy. Mm-hmm. What clicked in your head and said, you know what? I'm going to take this route. Even if, you know, you know, the stereotypes are there for us. Cause you know how we are. Let's just keep mm-hmm. it a bit. You know how we are. Oh, therapy is therapy is that you know what 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 was that step for you? So it wasn't really um honestly it wasn't like an exact moment or anything. It wasn't even I don't think it was even a conscious decision to go into therapy. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um my mother wanted me to be an educator and I knew I didn't want to be in nobody classroom uh teaching nobody badass kids, you know? <laughs> my patience is short. So so um I knew I didn't want to do that, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So when I applied for college. I actually applied to college as an English major uh, because, you know, I I write pretty well and I I read well, even though I don't necessarily enjoy doing either one of those things. Um, So I went into college as an English major. And when I was at freshman orientation, uh, that's when we still, we had paper. uh, They they used to call it the newspaper and it was a course catalog and uh, which is crazy, but that was actually the last year that they did that. They went virtual the next year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I ain't that damn old for all of y'all that's saying, (laughs) Oh my God, they had paper. But, um, but I was flipping through and I came across psychology the Department of Psychology. And I don't think I had ever even really heard that word before. So I read the description and it said that psychology was the study of human behavior. And I was like, oh, that seems really interesting because I've always been a people watcher. I enjoy people. I enjoy uh, like trying to understand people and, and 
understanding what makes people do the things that they do and how the brain works and how emotions work. And, uh, you know, like what, what made you put that outfit on this morning? Like what, what was it that was going on inside of you today that said, this is how I want to present myself to the world? Like things like that, those little intricacies have always been very, very interesting to me. And so, um, I, read a few more of the courses and the descriptions and everything. And I said, I decided to change my major at freshman orientation. And it is just kind of what has been a fit ever since then. I didn't even really put a lot of thought into whether or not I was going to become a therapist. That just was the natural route. You know, like when, when you're in undergrad and one of the early classes, they kind of explain to you what different avenues are available to you with a psychology degree, which is pretty vast depending on what it is you want to do. Because if you think about it, every industry, everything in life, every career choice, every creative, every, every, everything comes back to human behavior, you know, um, and, and why human beings do the things that they do and, and how to, uh, how to evoke a certain type of response from human beings based on whatever it is that you want them to do. So psychology is the foundation to any field that you could ever consider wanting to go into. It's important to understand how human beings work. And I'm just absolutely fascinated by it. And, you know, being a black woman, um, you know, I've been a black woman my whole life and I just, I know what that reality is. I understand from my own perspective, but then and also haven't been a therapist for as long as I have, I've worked with hundreds, you know, of, of different people from different backgrounds um, and things like that. And I just always have gravitated toward blackness and, and helping black people heal because I, I really do feel like healing is possible for us. I know that healing is possible for us. Um, and I also know that there is a lot of false prophets out there and there's a lot of mm misinformation that's being put out there for what people think uh, blackness is supposed to look like. And so many of us are really struggling in our journeys because we're trying to live up to a standard that ain't got shit to do with us, you know? And, and I know this because I lived that for a very long time, trying to be something that I thought the world wanted me to be or trying to be something that I thought you know, my family wanted me to be or the people that I grew up around wanted me to be. Um, and it was it was difficult. And so as I grew and progressed in my own personal journey, I, you know, felt the need to share those things because I've always been a creative. And so, um, you know, my as my journey evolved, so did my relationship to my community and the ways in which I was able to show up for my community. And I just kind of realized that, you you know, this is my thing. My purpose in life is to help my people heal and to do so in a way that feels authentic to who we are as individual people, but also who we are as a collective. Wow. So that's my, that's my journey. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so 12, 12 years, right? In total or 15? Yeah, about 12. Well, 12 years licensed, right. about 15 years when you consider school and everything and internships and all of those things. Yeah. So 15 years in the, in the psych therapy industry. What are some, because I'm listening to you and as phenomenal as you are, 
Mm-hmm. I know, especially in this stressful environment, mm-hmm. right? Because it can get stressful for you. What are some of those challenges that you have faced in your industry and specifically as a black woman that you see, right? Um, but then how do you at the same time what are some of the, what are some of the ways that you have seen that you've overcome those challenges? Yeah. So uh, when I had just finished grad school, my first job, fresh out of grad school, I was working um, at the LSU Health Sciences Center at the boys prison in in New Orleans, the juvenile prison. And um, I remember uh, there was we had a, like an on call schedule. And whenever you were on call, essentially, you you make the decisions for what happens, like if there's a emergency situation, specifically like, um, you know, a suicide threat or something like that. And you would have to come out and make an assessment and whatever decision that you decided as the on call person, whatever course of action, that was what was supposed to happen. And so I had this situation where I had to come out. I was on call and I had to come out. Um, but the youth that was, uh, expressing suicidal ideation, he was being manipulative. And, um, I just could, you know, you could tell because sometimes they would do that. Cause when they go on suicide watch, you get your own room and you get your own food and you get, you know, everybody caters to you and you get to lay up and watch TV all day. You don't have to go to school and all of that. And so sometimes, uh, we all were very aware that sometimes they would use that, um, to just kind of get away and kind of get a little reprieve. And so, um, I had this situation where the regular therapist didn't, agree with my decision to put the child on suicide watch because we have to be careful, but no perks, no perks, no extras, you know, um, because I'm not going to reward that behavior. And it went back and forth and all of that. And uh, she eventually went over my head. And um, when I was talking to my supervisor about it, I said to him, I said, I feel like you know, y'all that y'all are not being fair about this because the rule is that if you're on call, you have the final say so. And so, you know, of course, she was a uh, she was not black, um, and neither was my supervisor. And and he told me he was a white man, but he told me in that moment, he said, "Listen," he said, "Whenever you are making a clinical." judgment or whenever you are, you know, trying to support your argument or support your clinical judgment, you have to keep your feelings out of it because nobody cares about your feelings. He said, you rest on your clinical judgment. You rest on the facts and, and don't talk about your feelings because nobody cares about your feelings. And I was like, um, okay, like that. It just, it really hit me because in the same sentence, he tells me that the, the white girl was taking the rest of the day off because she was, she's taking a behavior, a mental health day because she was so distressed about the situation. And so that is the kind of thing that happens in not just in this industry, but also in this industry, in the mental health industry. I think people have an unrealistic expectation that mental health professionals are in some way exempt from the woes of the world or um, that we're supposed to have so much insight 
thoughtfulness and uh and and be so introspective that we are like these holy beings that just kind of walk around but all of the things that exist in the world exist in the mental health industry as well it's a lot of people that's dealing with anxiety and depression and all of those things and and um you know, being able to separate those two things can be difficult for a lot of people. And so that I think has been my biggest struggle in the industry is just, you know, coming up against people that um, prescribe to whatever societal norms exist and all of these stereotypes and, you know, all of the biases and all of that, but not necessarily having the wherewithal to recognize that they too deal with those things. And then as the black woman in the situation, still having to figure out how to maneuver that and build a career and keep my sanity while I'm dealing with my own shit, you I, know? Listen, cause I was just about to ask you, that was, that was gonna yeah. be my like side question. How do you maneuver something like that? When of course it's plain as day you being at the, the white, do, the, the, the white guy is of course being a prick. And a day, yeah right excuse my language out there yeah yeah you know but for you to again to your point for you to say oh keep your feelings out of it but then turn around and give old girl a, a mental health day or yeah she's feeling oh distraught and everything and again for you to still come out on top mm-hmm. for you to still be as great as you are at your job. I find it very not not how can I say very I find it intriguing that a lot a lot of a lot of therapists who are not black mm-hmm. do not take into account the actual and I'm not surprised, honestly. Let me say that first of all. <laughs> Don't take it to the account of our experience, mm-hmm. right? When we sit down for you. And so I guess my next question for you is as a therapist, being one for almost 15 years plus, who is your therapist, Latrice? I do have a therapist, actually. Um, I haven't met with her in a little while because I actually was doing pretty good. And, you know, that's the nature of therapy. You go when you need to go. And then, you know, when you feel like you can handle it, you take a little break and you come back whenever you're ready to come back, you know. And so I had been doing really well. And so I haven't seen my therapist for a while. But um, I see my therapist on BetterHelp. I used to uh, provide services on BetterHelp. I was a therapist on BetterHelp. Um, dot com, which I, I highly recommend. Um, it's a great platform. And a few years ago during COVID, they offered um, for all of the therapists on the platform, they gave us free therapy also on the wow. platform, um, which I, I loved, you know, that I thought that was very, very That's helpful. Amazing. Absolutely, it was. And so I actually met my therapist on better help. Um, and so, um, I have a therapist, but I also have uh therapist friends, which mm-hmm. I think is a great thing. You know, every therapist has therapist friends, which, right. um, which really helps because, you know, I can talk to those people as a friend, but they, I also understand that they have a certain level of skill that, um, you know, they probably could help me out in different ways and things. Um, but I also just spend a lot of time 
in introspection and I do, uh, I, I, I'm very in tune with myself and with my emotions. Um, I check in with myself often and I honor whatever it is my internal being is telling me that it needs. Sometimes it needs rest. Sometimes she needs to cry. And sometimes she needs to act the goddamn fool <laughs> because somebody done crossed the line. I, I tell people all the time, don't let the cute face fool you. I will slap the shit out of you if Shut I feel like that's what needs to happen. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Like don't, don't get it twisted. Okay. So I just try to honor whatever it is that my internal being is saying that she needs Mm -hmm. in any given moment. And if something doesn't quite feel right, I try to get down to the root cause of it. I love that. Um, What is one misconception about therapy and therapists that you would like to clear up? right right now one time for the one time like what is one thing that you know that you hear that you like okay now that's just now nah, now nah, that's just not nah, i got it nah, Listen, don't do that well you know i'm gonna tell you and i think it's a real issue especially i feel in the black community but um therapists deserve to get paid hey that's facts Therapists deserve to get paid. There's a lot of people who are of the mind that therapists should do their job for free. Um, and that's just preposterous. That is, that is absolutely insane to think that anyone should do their job for free. Um, especially when you're considering a role like a therapist, which is so extremely, extremely, um, it's a very intimate, relationship that you build with someone. I mean, essentially my job as a therapist is to take on other people's problems. That is emotionally taxing. It's mentally taxing. Um, it takes a lot of work and not to mention you're dealing with people's lives. And so, especially if you're interacting with a good therapist that actually has skills and has tools and, and has a commitment to their work, you know, therapists deserve to get paid. We have families as well. We have bills to pay as well. Um, And so therapists absolutely deserve to get paid and, you know, and, and to be paid a wage that is commiserate with our level of education and our level of experience. You can't just wake up one day and decide to call yourself a therapist. I went to school for six years to be a therapist, plus an additional two years of internship working toward my licensure. I had to do 4,000, 3,000 hours before I could apply for my license and take a test. Okay. And I had to take two tests because one for Louisiana and one for Florida. So this is something that it, it is a skill set. It is a profession to be a therapist. And, and a lot of people think that therapists should do that for free. Now, I will say I do believe that therapy should be free. Right. I do believe that therapy should be free for black people in particular, but Mm -hmm. really, you know, just in general. But I don't think therapists should be expected to foot the bill for that. Um, I think that there needs to be some type of coordinated effort, whether it's grants, whether it's, you know, federal or state or local or whatever to create programs that allow people to receive the help that they need and not have money be a barrier for that. But it's not the responsibility of the therapist to, to make sure that that can happen. Facts. I definitely agree. Um, therapists do need to get paid. I think though them and teachers 
yeah. are to me one of the are, are some of the lowest paid jobs that actively have to deal with people. Yeah. You understand what and I'm that have such a it, think about a teacher. A teacher spends more time with the child in the first you know, 10 years of their lives yes. than some of the parents yes. do. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not just a glorified babysitter. This is the person that makes sure that your child has the foundational skills that they need to function Facts. as an adult Facts. in society. We're talking about math, subtraction, addition, mm-hmm. multiplication, reading, writing, like basic things that we take for granted. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they also go to school. This is a skill that they learn, you know? Right. Um, and so I, I agree. I think that we tend to minimize the real impact of these professions, that these professions are not just in existence, um, you know, just because, but like we are really dealing with people's lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you talked about, you had a, you talked about um, earlier about, um, you didn't say it like this, but you know, these, these <laughs> therapists, these therapist con artists out here in these streets. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And you talked about, you know, earlier, you know, Eric, you know, you can't just wake up and call yourself a therapist, right? No, you and, cannot. And and you know, uh, Mama Latrice, in the in the in this new world of social media and and technology, um, we do have a lot of people who do do that. Wake up and say, Hey, ha. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can help you out. Just come on over here. What have you seen as a licensed therapist who is licensed in two states? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm 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 a gas you. Yeah. Just, that's just what that is what that is. Licensed in two states because I need no no and and I'm doing this for a reason because again to my point and to your point there are people out here that are playing with people's lives. Absolutely. That are making money off of being something that they're not. You understand what I'm saying? And as you just pointed out, therapists literally hold your problems in their hand and, and, and help you assist you guide you and, and help you navigate through that. Absolutely. Where do you see therapy going in the next maybe couple years or maybe in the next couple months? Or what have you seen in the landscape of of mental health? Let me just let me just let me just broaden that in mental health in the mental health space, Um, because we have seen an uptick of, of us as black people going to therapy, which I love to see. Absolutely. Right. I have seen an uptick of more black therapists getting hired. Right. Mm-hmm. I love to see it. Is it enough? Not, 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 not really. Um, but we're getting there. Right. What have you seen um, in, in this mental health space, in this new kind of um, emergence of mental health on a wider scale? Um, is it just a hashtag? Or are we are we are we moving in the right direction? What have you seen um, as as a as a as a mental health not only um, professional but advocate? Yeah, so I definitely think that we're moving in the right direction. I think that um, that 
as you mentioned, you know, the idea of seeking help and going to therapy and actually like dealing with our emotional baggage and trauma and all of that stuff. Um, I think it, it has been trending um, in the black community for the last, I would say five to seven years, maybe a little bit longer than that. Like it's, it's something that has started to trend, which is always a great thing because that means that more and more people are becoming aware of the benefits of therapy and, and actually kind of eating away at some of the stigma associated with saying like, yes, I have a therapist. I need help. Or like, you know, sometimes I live with depression and I, I especially love seeing black men um, like yourself really being more vocal about the emotional struggles that they're having um, and being more open and honest and, and more open to vulnerability. You know, like we're seeing that discourse happening right now in social media with these, you know, photos of black men hugging each other um, in a completely platonic, like you, my brother, I love you. And I just want you to be healthy kind of kind of manner, you know? And so we have, have, you know, people who are in the forefront, like Jonathan Major, like um, Michael B. Jordan, and, you know, even Kid Cudi, you know, is is doing his part to kind of say, like, I'm a black man, and I'm a flawed individual, and I have feelings, too. And sometimes my feelings get to be a little bit too much, and I need to seek help. I need to seek refuge within the community, but also from a professional. Um, And so I love that, you know, with this trend that, you know, more people are opening themselves up to the idea of getting help and being emotionally healthy. My concern, however, is that anytime something becomes trendy, then, you know, it opens it up to be misused. And so I remember when Clubhouse first became a thing and everybody and their grandmama was on Clubhouse and I was a huge Clubhouse advocate. I ain't gonna lie. I was a fan of Clubhouse in those beginning days because it just, the vibe was real different. Um, It was a real, it was a real opportunity. In my opinion, it was kind of like social media for podcasters, you know, Um, like it, it really had that vibe. Not so much now. I don't, you ain't really going to catch me on Clubhouse these days because right. uh, it's not the same vibe that it once was. Right. Um, but I remember when, when I started to start feeling different about it, it was because everybody on there was a mental health advocate and they was holding these rooms and, and they saying, you know, this is what I did, you know, to, to get over this particular thing that happened to me in my life. And so this is what you got to do. And everybody has something to say about what people should do and how people should change their lives and what actions people should take. And I would just be sitting in there like, you know, uh uh-uh, that's not good information. But see, Mama Latrice, that's the thing. Like, I think, and and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, because I've seen a trend and as you, as like you, I am very much a people watcher. I kind of take that superpower and I kind of observe what's happening trending wise the landscape even if you think i'm not watching i'm watching right right correct me if i'm wrong but the shift from therapist to mental health advocate mm-hmm. can you is there a difference 
There is a difference. There is absolutely a a difference. A mental health advocate, anybody could wake up this morning and say that they're a mental health advocate. A mental mental health advocate does not have any formal training um, or it's it's not a requirement to have any formal training. An advocate is someone who advocates for the rights and uh, quality of life for others, typically for others who are considered to be disadvantaged in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And so you can be a mental health advocate by, you know, listening to these kind of podcasts or even creating a podcast like this where you feature professionals and things like that or, or, you know, open the door to these types of conversations. You can be a mental health advocate by sharing resources and using your platform to highlight those who have the skill sets to really help others to heal. You can be a mental health advocate by using your vote to vote for Congress people and senators and and presidents and all of the, you know, X, Y, and Z who are in alignment with your values, who believe that people deserve to heal and who believe that all people deserve to live their lives in the way that they see fit. That's how you become a mental health advocate. Um, Calling yourself a mental health advocate does not make you a foremost thought leader in the field. Just because you believe in mental health, just because you believe everybody needs to have mental health does not mean that you possess the skill sets to help them get to wherever it is that they're trying to get. And the last thing I'll say really quickly also is that a lot of times we we go through things, you know, I always say it's a shared journey. We on this journey together. Everybody is at different points in their journey, but it's a shared journey nonetheless, right? And so we may not have had the exact same experiences, but we may have something, there's something that you're going through that I can say, I understand what that's like. My circumstances were different, but the feeling, the feeling of despair, the feeling of grief, the feeling of sadness, the feeling of anxiety, anxiousness, fear. I know what that feels like, even if my circumstances were different. And so we sometimes feel like because we made it through whatever storm that we were going through, that we cracked the code and that that's the way that this needs to be done. But the reality is that what works for time might not work for Latrice. Right. 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 And and so I'm out here telling Ty that that the way Ty is handling whatever situation you're going through is not right because you need to do this, that and the other. But you don't know that Ty's journey going to look different than my journey. And so what a therapist does, someone who has studied human behavior and how the brain works and how emotions work, like these are courses that we took. You know, like we actually learned how the this these it's a science. It's a science behind human behavior. And so for a therapist who has, you know, gained those skills and that knowledge, they're looking at the situation not just for the surface level of the circumstances themselves, but we're taking into account how the brain works, how human beings work, how emotions work. And so any resources that I'm giving you, I'm telling you what works from a scientific standpoint, and then I'm helping you figure out how to make that your own based on who Ty is. Right. 
based on the reality of Ty's life. So it's something that's very, very individualized, very, very personalized. This is your prescription. This is not for nobody else. This is your prescription. And so, you know, that's the difference. Um, An advocate might have read uh, uh, you know, they might have read an article, they might have read a book, they might have, they might feel like they are knowledgeable on the topic, but an expert, they are not. And, and that's me. Let me say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you for breaking that down so eloquently. Um, because again, as I said, in 2023 and beyond, even you can go back to 2020 when the pandemic happened, it felt like, like you said, like, all these mental health advocates tried to become therapists and try to tell yeah. you, oh, I'm a mental health guru and, nah, and this. And I'm like, bro, I don't, for me, I, I, I advocate for mental health because I know I struggle with mental health myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, but I'm not about to sit here and go and say, hey, let me start a clubhouse or let me start a podcast or let me start a YouTube live show to tell you how to live your life. Right. And how to, because as Latrice said, I don't know jack shit <laughs> about, no, it's, and it's for real. I, I can do the research. I can, I can read the books and that's fine. That's great. I'm, I'm, I'm gaining a wealth of knowledge, but the ex, the, the, the experience that you and others have learned, um, you know, in your field, in your respective field, it's, it's, it's with, it's just like every other respective field. Respect yeah. respect the job. Yeah. And respect the the profession that helps us. Yeah. As as people because we don't understand how valuable therapy and our therapists you know are. You understand what I'm saying? And so, again, we want to say thank you, Latrice, because you 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 continue to be. um, How can I say just a mother for all of us, a friend for all of us, just somebody who continues to come through. Um, Anybody who knows Latrice, they will say amazing things about Latrice. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I, I literally another story. You feel what I'm saying? In Philly, like, yo, I'm 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 walking around everybody's like, yo, you you know Latrice, you know Latrice, Latrice, Latrice get over here, you know Latrice. I'm like, yes, I know Latrice. Like, yo, if you don't know Latrice, <laughs> something wrong with you. Okay, what I'm saying? Because Listen, you know, I but that's that is so like it's just so amazing to me. It really is. And um I was talking to Anna, you know, Anna mm-hmm. Deshaun from E3 Radio yeah, and the Cube. Shout out to Anna. Anna is one of my favorite people in the world. Anna and I speak multiple times a week. And so um I, I just was telling her when when my dad my dad passed away at the end of January. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, thank you. Um it was difficult. I am a daddy's girl, let me yeah. tell you. Okay. Um and so and it was kind of unexpected, you know. Right. So it was it was a really rough period um, that I was going through. And I was telling her, you know, my podcasting family really showed up like everybody was calling and texting and, and, you know, just 
making sure that I was okay and sending their condolences and things like that. And, uh, and, you know, even sending flowers and things and, you know, checking on my family and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, and it was, it really was a blessing. And, And then Anna told me that, uh, I think, uh, Black Podcasters Association. Shout out to Corey. Corey. Um, yes, they posted it in a newsletter and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah. I was just the, like, the one that thing is we gonna crazy do is hold you to down. me. You know, it, it for real, for real. And I felt that love and I felt that support. And it really did mean a lot to me because podcasting has been a great refuge for me in my own healing. <laughs> in my own mental health, but also in my journey. And so um, this idea that, you know, that I have been able to connect with the community in such a way that makes y'all want to mourn with me and makes y'all want to make sure, like, you know, just to hold me up when, you know, a period of my life where I was really struggling to stand on my own, you know? So it was, it really was a beautiful thing. And I'm just grateful. I'm look, I'm just trying to be myself and do my thing and just this is who I am and and I ain't trying to be nobody else I don't know how to be nobody else um it really is just me yeah and and we want you to continue to be yourself you feel what I'm saying because that's that's who we fell in love with yeah I'm saying that's why we love you you feel me we always gonna hold you down we always gonna be there uh, Miss Latrice, uh, we about to get out here let the people know what what you got coming next we don't know I know I don't know yeah, I know, I do, and I know our peoples don't know unless y'all y'all keeping secrets, okay? <laughs> unless y'all keeping secrets, all right? You know, I always real. got something going on. <laughs> I I I be trying. I'm learning how to, um, you know, just speak when I need to speak. You know, um, but I have so my newest my newest project is called Black HIV in the South. How did we get here? Um, It is a limited series with the Cube app, Anna Deshaun. Shout out to Anna Deshaun again. Um, And it's the first original podcast of the Cube app. Um, And so it's really just talking about HIV in the South. And and, uh, right now, um, black people in the South make up 39 or 32%, I think, of, of the population, but 50 something percent of all new HIV infections. And we need to talk about why that is. And so that's what the show is. I'm very excited about it. Um, it's being distributed through I1 Digital, which is the uh, newest platform under the uh, Radio One, excuse me, under the I1 uh, umbrella. They also do like TV One, Radio One, X, Y, and Z. So I'm very excited about that. Y'all check that out. Um, I'm working on another project with the Cube app um, and and Small World Collective. I'm producing a podcast with them. Um, again, I, as an ally of the LGBTQ plus community, um, I believe in uh, healing for everybody. Absolutely. You know, and so I'm uh, very very proud of both of those projects. Um, I'm working on a couple of uh you know some events coming up that I'm working on my my own events as well as producing some events for some folks that you all know I, I'm not 
I can't talk about these things just yet, but I am working on these things as well. Um, and you know, I'm just really, I started my production company, STS Productions, and I'm just, you know, seeing how far I can take it. And, and I'm very blessed to be able to continue to do work that's meaningful to me. So nice. you can follow me on Instagram at Latrice Sampson Richards. And I don't post that often, but you know, you'll, you can see what's going on and see what I got going on and things like that. And I'm speaking at She Podcast this year too. Hey. Listen, let me tell y'all something. She doesn't post often. Yeah, she, I don't. She's, one of, she's one of my friends that don't post often. I, I put her in the category of like when she well, well but when she do post, <laughs> it's always either funny or important or both. Okay? And I'm always there for it. Yes, and let me just give a quick shout out before you before oh, we wrap man. up. I'm also the outreach manager for the Black Podcasting Awards. Hey. Um, yes, and uh, we are, you know, we got a lot of exciting things going on with I'm Black excited. Podcasting Awards. So y'all make sure y'all follow them as well, Black Pod Awards um, on Instagram. Uh, we got some, you know, some some really exciting things coming up. So I'm excited. Thank I'm, you. I'm definitely excited. Black Pod Pod Awards. I'm definitely. I'm coming. I'm coming for the awards. I'm coming for them. Yes. Coming Come on through. Listen. Come on through. I'm listen. Listen. I, Mama Latrice. I appreciate you. This has been amazing. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on the show. You have been great. Good. Let's let's give her a hand clap one more time, please. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you for you. having me, Ty. Thank, Thank you so much. This has been great. No you know problem. I love me some... Taranza. So. <laughs> I, I, I love me some Latrice. Latrice, I thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And to everybody else, listen, we appreciate y'all for coming through. You feel what I'm saying? Be sure to follow the podcast wherever you listen to, um, you know, to streaming podcasts, wherever you listen to it, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know we're everywhere. So go ahead and tap in. You can also watch this podcast on our YouTube page, the THC Media Network. And let me just shout out y'all real quick. Y'all been running the uh, subscribers up. So shout out to y'all. We love y'all and we thank y'all. Appreciate y'all. Um, again, we have the Black Men Win Scholarship. Make sure to tell your friend, to tell a friend, to tell their nephew, to tell their friend. All right. To, to, to hit that apply. We'll have the link in the description box, of course. And... um. We are also still taking donations. We 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 um we actually uh went above our goal of of, of three hundred dollars. We are still taking donations, but shout out to y'all. We <laughs> and um yeah, this has been another one, and uh, we will see you guys next week for another Black Woman Wins series uh, episode. And thank you, and uh, peace out. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> and we out. Love y'all. Y'all be good. Peace.